This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, December 16th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, COVID and the holidays, Telluride passes STR license violation penalties, San Miguel County approves 2022 budget, and a mountain weather forecast. When it comes to approaching the holidays in winter number two of the pandemic, Lindsay Mills says nothing has changed while everything has changed. This year we have something very different than what we had last year, and that is vaccines and booster doses. Mills is a public information consultant with San Miguel County. She spoke on KOTO on Thursday. We need to continue taking care of ourselves and taking care of our community by doing very simple things like getting vaccinated, wearing a mask, getting tested before you join others in a gathering, maybe considering gathering outdoors, um, and testing often. Once you return, think about testing, especially if you've been traveling outside of the county. While the more transmissible Omicron variant of the coronavirus has been detected in Colorado, it has yet to be detected in San Miguel County. But Mills acknowledges it's only a matter of time especially as winter tourism ramps up. We're, we're about to see the most visitors that we'll see all winter over the course of the next two weeks. So it, it's inevitable that the variant will make itself known in our county. A lot of current spread the county is seeing, Mills says, is among those between 20 and 40 years old. This is likely attributed to an influx of seasonal workers, some folks that are coming into town, um, living in tighter quarters. We're looking at, you know, the boarding house and um, tight roommate situations and, you know, new roommate situations. So reintroducing how to talk about COVID with people that you're freshly living with is something that has become important once again. Statewide Mills adds hospitals are severely overwhelmed with about 95% of ICU and acute care beds occupied. As a result, she notes, some precautions beyond COVID safety become all the more important. The medical centers especially are urging people to take extra care when they're out doing things that they would normally do any regular winter, skiing, snowboarding, snowmobiling, sledding. Um, You know, winter activities that can put your physical well-being in danger are, are a bit more dangerous at this time because you may not be able to be transferred within the state of Colorado. Um, The timeliness of care is jeopardized and the cost of care, if you have to get flown to New Mexico or Texas for care, it becomes much more expensive very quickly. The county mills notes has expanded testing opportunities ahead of the holidays. A testing schedule is available on the county website under the COVID tab. Vaccines and booster shots are also available with booster eligibility expanded to 16 and 17 year olds earlier this month as well as to immunocompromised individuals 12 and older. More details about vaccines and booster eligibility and upcoming vaccine clinics is also available on the county website under the COVID tab. The town of Telluride has codified penalties for short-term rental license violations, such as operating STRs without a license or reporting false information. Town Council passed a second reading of an ordinance approving the penalties at their meeting this week. This is an issue. It's an ongoing issue. We hope that compliance continues to get better. But for those who think that this is not an issue for the town or not a consideration, I can tell you we're spending a lot of time on it. That's Town Attorney Kevin Geiger speaking at this week's meeting. In the 18 months through July 2021, he says, Town has collected over $220,000 in fines 
and over $60,000 in additional taxes, penalties, and interest for STR license violations. The new ordinance sets minimum fines for first, second, and third offenses and lays out avenues for potential license suspensions. The ordinance isn't exactly a sea change. Previously, town council member Adrian Christie notes the town's municipal judge has used similar penalties with discretion. So we're just taking what has been occurring and making it the rule so it's there in the code for people to see and know and understand. Whereas before, it was sort of like, we just decided on this, and you you don't really know what you're getting into until you get into it. But Mayor Pro Tem Jesse Ray Arguez, who voted yes on the ordinance's first reading, is concerned the penalties could hurt the wrong people. Are we going to end up punishing people who simply just make a mistake because they're human? Or are we actually going to get the people that are trying to take advantage of the system? Councilmember Geneva Shawnette feels differently. I just feel like counting properly, filing taxes properly is part of doing business. And these residential properties are being used as businesses. And all businesses need to be operating within the laws. Geiger also notes there is discretion involved in pursuing punishment for different violations. If someone makes a a minor mistake or something is unintentional, of course, we'll always take that into account when we're looking at whether that should be subject to a prosecution. Still, Arguez wants more information about past violations. There's not enough support for me to feel comfortable passing something that is not necessarily enhanced, but maybe overly punitive when we don't have the data behind it to support what the outcome will be and what the violations are from. Councilmember Lars Carlson agrees. Another part of Tuesday's ordinance sets information gathering requirements during license renewal to enable town to understand who owns or has financial interests in different STRs in town. The disclosure requirements replaced a previously considered requirement that each person or entity can only own one STR in Telluride. That requirement was removed during discussions at the first reading last month. Council passed the ordinance outlining short-term rental violation penalties and disclosure requirements 5-2. to Arguez and Carlson were the two no votes. The end of the year is a time for family, friends, and good food. For local governments, it's also a time for budgets. Earlier this week, San Miguel County approved its 2022 budget. KOTO spoke with County Manager Mike Bordonia about the year ahead for the county. The conversation started with outlining highlights from the recently passed budget. The commissioner's goals haven't changed substantially. We're still focused on becoming a fully carbon neutral organization, consistently adding and finding new ways to add additional deed restricted housing and getting back to a lot of our normal county operations and offering better service at those. We know that COVID is not going away next year. And so in terms of the budget the county recently passed, can you also go into detail how is the county thinking about budgeting for the next year of regional COVID response. We've been really fortunate in um, seeking and getting grants to help with our testing, our tracing, our vaccine rollout, the wastewater treatment testing, and that those programs will all continue. And we've been able to do so without a big financial impact to the county's general fund. And then we've also been able to add some capacity in the public health department. We added a bilingual outreach coordinator and then also just brought on a new clinical coordinator who will be administering vaccines and testing for us. 
we also just wrapped up 2021. So I'm also curious if you can present some of the highlights from the past year and some of the major accomplishments from the county you think are important for our listeners to know about. So 2021 was a really big year for capital projects and included in some of those are our new Norwood Sheriff's Annex. That also includes an emergency operation center and will be an investment into the future of sheriff's office operations in the West End moving forward. We also finished our new Ilium jail remodel and added behavioral health hold spaces in there so that folks that are in a mental or substance use crisis situation aren't put into a jail cell. We also made some additional strides in our redundant broadband project, and we've been waiting for two easement holdouts um, on the tri-state line to be able to light that up. So that's one that I'm excited about next year. We recently just got one of those needed two easements, and we're optimistic that we can overcome this last easement so that we can add true redundancy and competition to the broadband and internet opportunities for both Norwood and Telluride regions. These CNLs will allow individual internet service providers to connect there and then compete for their customer bases, which we know is going to drive down the cost of uh, internet service. But then we also know that right now we're only served by CenturyLink lines. You have some companies that are reselling that CenturyLink bandwidth, but every time that there's a cut or an outage, everybody feels the pain. And we want to decrease that both for safety, for convenience, and also for people's quality of life. And looking ahead beyond COVID into 2022 as well, what are some of the big projects ahead the next year for the county that you think are important for people to know about? For 2022, we're adding four and a quarter new positions. That'll bring us up to 126 full-time equivalent positions. Behavioral Health Solutions and the commissioners that oversee the voter-approved mill levy that was passed in 2018 is also going to have a significant year of investments. They have over $1.3 million planned, and those funds have now accrued, and they have a plan for how they're going to invest in partner organizations to increase the mental health and substance use uh, counseling services and response for San Miguel County residents. As folks probably know, we're in partnership with the town of Telluride on the Sunnyside Housing Project, and that's going to bring 30 deed-restricted rental units. Likewise, with the Telluride Foundation, we donated land we own in Norwood adjacent to the Lone Cone Library, and we're working to create 24 deed-restricted homes for ownership in that area, and we're really focused on acquiring additional land now that we have this affordable housing zone that we've just created in place that will allow for an expedited process when developing deed-restricted housing. We want to act on that. We want to acquire land and use the land that we do have so that we can add more deed-restricted housing and keep this community a community and not a workforce that's constantly having to commute from further and further away from where they work. Well, County Manager Mike Bordonia, grateful that you could come in and share some reflections on 2021 and also what's ahead for 2022 for the county. Thanks a lot, Matt. The town of Telluride is now looking to hire two town manager positions. The first is for a permanent town manager following Ross Herzog's resignation. He will be in the position through the end of the year. The second is for an acting town manager to serve in the position for the interim. Here's Mayor Delaney Young speaking at a town council meeting this week. There are people who travel around and actually do this as a profession. And it's not something that could probably happen in the next couple of weeks, obviously. But instead of having our staff fulfilling that 
purpose for potentially four months, we could have them do it for a shorter period of time and then bring someone in to sit as an acting manager, which would allow our staff to do their normal stuff. The other option is to have a current member of staff step into the acting manager position for the time being. For Councilmember Mian Fee, she's concerned about adding more work to an already strained town staff. I do have some concerns about us being able to fill the position in the timeline that has been allotted. I think we've seen that with a number of other positions within this community already that everybody is struggling to fill on all levels. Um, So I think it may be too much to ask one, you know, two staff people to carry that burden for upwards of six months. Council unanimously supported looking outside town government for an acting town manager. Finance Director Kaylee Ranta and Public Works Director Paul Rood will serve as co-acting town managers until a more permanent acting town manager is hired. Tis the season to open lifts at the Telluride Ski Resort. With lifts 1 and 4 chugging along since the start of the season, lift 5 joined the party on Thursday. Telski plans to double the number open over the weekend, with lifts 6, 10, and 11 slated to start up on Saturday. And Friday is opening day for Bon Vivant. And if snow keeps coming, Telski says Prospect Basin and Gold Hill lifts should be opening sometime next week. The resort aims to open access into Telluride by the holidays. Lift 9, Telski adds, needs a safe egress out to town before opening. Sometimes the art is almost there, but you just need a little push to get it over the edge. Telluride Arts Small Grants could be that push. The deadline to apply for the local nonprofit's annual funding is this Friday at midnight. Grants range from $300 to $2,000 and can support projects or professional development. Whether you're a writer, performer, sculptor, painter, candlestick maker, or something in between, the small grants could help you get that creativity out into the world. Applications are available at telluridearts.org. Friday is also the deadline to apply for the Town of Telluride's Green Grants Program. Funded by town and administered by EcoAction Partners, grants are available to nonprofit, commercial, and residential projects that deliver measurable greenhouse gas reductions for the town of Telluride community. Grants range from $500 to $35,000. Applications are available at ecoactionpartners.org. The deadline for both Telluride Arts Small Grants and Telluride Green Grants is Friday, December 17th. The number of people in the hospital with COVID-19 continues to drop in Colorado. But, as KOTO Scott Franz reports, Governor Jared Polis is warning that people who have not gotten their booster shots face a new threat. Speaking at a vaccine clinic in Aurora, Polis said the state is seeing its first case of community spread of the Omicron variant. He also said it's only a matter of time before it becomes the dominant strain. There is uh, increased urgency to get the third vaccine because from the preliminary data that has been presented to me, having three vaccines is absolutely critical have a high level of protection against the Omicron variant. While some residents have complained about long wait times at pharmacies for booster appointments, Polis says hundreds of doses are available each day at larger state-run facilities. 
I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight, with a low in the mid-teens and a 30% chance of snow showers. Friday should be cloudy with a high in the mid-20s and a 20% chance of snow showers in the morning. Friday night, expect mostly clear skies with a low around 5 degrees. Saturday calls for sunny skies with a high around freezing. And Saturday night, expect clear skies with a low in the mid-teens. This has been the news for Thursday, December 16th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.